Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. This is the true story of a New York City boy with big town hopes and small neighborhood dreams of becoming BFFs with the Real Housewives and other Bravo celebrities. Then, one day, that dream actually came true. Let me take you behind the velvet rope. Hey everyone, this is David. Welcome back behind the Velvet Rope. And we are here with a very special guest today, the one and only host of the Everything Iconic podcast with Danny Pellegrino, Mr. Danny Pellegrino. Hi, David. I'm so happy to be chatting with you. How are you? I am really happy to be chatting with you, too. I mean, for a lot of reasons. Well, first of all, how are you holding up during this crazy corona time? Yeah, you know, it's just it's a scary, stressful time. I, I have bad anxiety normally anyway. So this time is just like a little bit extra crazy. But, you know, I think that's Im- it's important for us to have kind of outlets. I mean, you talk about Real Housewives. It's like we need these outlets to just sort of uh, take our mind off things temporarily and regroup and um just re- what does Ramona say and um, on the Real Houses of New York like rejuvenate or um, renew? We need to renew ourselves so I'm we like, have the strength to keep going forward. I'm like that's a loaded question, Danny, because Miss Singer Stinger <laughs> says a lot of things on the Real Housewives. <laughs> she really does, and I love every one of them. Seriously, I could talk about Ramona all day. Yes, I was just listening to your acknowledgement of the coronavirus. I was listening to your Carrie Duber episode this morning, so. Oh, yeah. I was doing live shows last week and her and Mark from The Real Houses of Dallas came and uh, let me interview him on stage for a little bit. That's I love Carrie Duber. She is in my top two fashion. Doree is number one and Carrie is number two. Just from a pure clothing, I've added up what your outfit costs and I don't Mm -hmm. understand it all, but you're number two. So Carrie, the numbers don't always make sense to me, but Carrie's number two for my fashion. Yeah, she's also stunning. Like, I, totally. I that was the first time I had met her in person, and so I couldn't believe how gorgeous she was. 
And I was like, I need to come to that laser center or that plastic surgery center. Like, just give me whatever you got because it's great. Uh, seriously, I agree with all of that. I've met her before. I think she is gorgeous and just very nice. Very nice. And yeah. you know, all these ladies are not always so nice. Carrie's right. on the nice list. Yeah. So let's just take it back. Let's get right into it. Let's take it back to the beginning. Everyone's always shocked when I ask these questions, but let's start at the beginning. Like, you know, you don't have to tell me what outfit you wore to the second grade dance and what color it was, but like, tell me like where you're from, where'd you grow up, childhood? Yeah. Yeah. I'm from Ohio, uh, Northeast Ohio. And I grew up there and I, after college, moved to Chicago and I lived there for a couple of years and I was doing uh, classes at Second City and I was doing improv and stand up and sketch comedy and all that. Uh, and then I had moved to LA and I've been in LA for a long time now. And, um, but I'm a Midwestern boy. I, I miss my family in Ohio and I love I love the Midwest and Chicago also was just such a great city to live in. Um, but I've lived in LA for a while and I love, I love the West coast too. It's gorgeous weather. I don't know that I could ever go back to like the cold weather again, but, um, uh, now I live in California and I'm a, a ghost writer and I also have a podcast and, um, and, uh, yeah, a few other projects in the works. You still have your Chicago accent or Midwest accent. That makes you, oh, completely. Yeah. Do you think I have a yeah. New York accent? Because a lot of people do, but I'm not so sure I think I do, but a lot of people think I do. Yeah, mine, I think you do a little bit. I you hear do. it. Uh, it's interesting, like on my show, on my podcast, I do a lot of impressions of my mother. And I think like since I've been doing that, my Midwest accent tends to come out a little bit more. Seriously. Um, so yeah. you went to school for like comedy, acting, theater, as opposed to writing. It was actually journalism and mass communication was what my degree's in. Uh, okay. And then right after school, though, that was when I went and took classes at Second City. And then I also took classes here in L.A. at the Groundlings. And um, and then I was doing stand-up and, and sketch comedy. And then I sort of fell into the ghostwriting and, and co-writing, co-authoring. Um, but it's been a great experience. Were you in class at the Groundlings? Because, you know, like that's such a breeding ground for like so many famous people. Like or do, were you in class with anyone that we would know? Oh gosh, you know, I um I was in classes with Chloe Feynman who's now on SNL. She's fantastic. She's one of the new hires on SNL and she's so fucking funny. I can swear here, right? Oh, you can say anything you want here. Okay. This is um, a safe yeah, space. She, so I was in classes with her um and Heidi Gardner who's also on SNL. Oh my god, I've met her. You know where I met her for the first time was backstage at the Queen Countess show. Oh, one of the 800 countess and friends I went to, she was backstage. Ugh. I know, right? That's amazing. And She's she, great. She's yeah, so funny. she was like in the show. It was her and Dakota Fanning were there that night. The Countess draws them in. Oh my god! Of course, yeah. Who doesn't want to uh, go see? That? I've seen the Countess twice. Oh my god! Well, I've seen it like thirty times. So, but yeah. you're you're more normal, I think, than I am in the world. So, twice is a good amount. That's like a normal amount for a normal person to see it. But yeah, she was. I mean, I'll go back. I'll go back again. Well, now there's going to be you know the new show, Mary F. Kill, right? I know, which I'm a little concerned that this is being taken too far. I, <laughs> I, I, yes. I mean, listen, I never thought, I mean, I, I joke about behind the Velvet Rope podcast. I say this is the Countess and Friends of podcasts. It's like this little podcast that I never thought would be anything that's kind of, you know, not that I'm, I don't, it's not an yeah. ego, but 
I know who would have thought that this would have been what it is for Luann. Like, you know, you talk yeah. about like I talk about this all the time. Like, you know, you talk about the fact that the shelf life of being a housewife could end at any moment, you know, not mm-hmm. through any fault of your own. Just, you know, you have a shelf life and it's pretty obvious like Luann has really is going to be OK. Like she's got a real career here to fall back on now. Yeah. And the New York women in general, I feel like they've kind of uh, they're ahead of the curve and they for some reason are able to outlast, I think, more so than so many of the other housewife franchises. I mean, we still have three. What do we have? Two OGs left on on New York, but still Sonia and Dorinda feel like OGs. They've been around for so long and I don't I don't see them going anywhere for a while. Hopefully I think so. And I mean, I agree. And let me tell you, I mean, I don't know if you have any exposure or have met Leah yet, but you are in for something. You're in for something over there. Yeah. Trust me, this is a whole new show. You know why? Because Leah is like downtown. She brings like an urban vibe. She's like Bethany season one, but also lives downtown, is not Upper East Side, doesn't travel in the same circles as like Ramona and all of them. So it's like, this is New York people, like, welcome to it, you know? Uh, I cannot wait. You know, I did. I was a bartender on Watch What Happens Live a couple weeks back, and Andy had told me backstage just how great he thought Leah is as a housewife. And so I'm very excited. It's like, and listen, you know, we've, I've known people, I'm sure you have in the beginning, in the middle and in the end, it's kind of like a bell curve. So like, if she doesn't change, and she stays this way, she is like, humble, down to earth, and just real. So let's hope she doesn't change after being on TV for five years. That's my hope. Fingers crossed. You know how it is. Um, Okay, so you did all of that, and then you went to L.A. Now, because I'm, like, a huge lover of pop culture, too, Like, and I know you are. And, you know, listen, we talked, like, I saw you just did a thing on Jessica Simpson's book. I went to three book signings. I'm halfway through the book. It's amazing. Uh, It's so good. Right. Like, this is a Bravo podcast, but we talk about other things here. But um, so, like, were you always growing up into, like, pop culture? You know, like, look at Andy Cohen. Like, he wanted to meet Susan Lucci when he was, like, how old? Like, was that you? Because that was me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was totally me. I remember going to the video store that was in my hometown, and they had dollar rentals. And at the front of the store, you could get this piece of paper that would tell you, like, the release dates of movies at the beginning of the month. And so I would go at the beginning of the month, grab that sheet, and I would highlight the ones that I would want to see. And then I would like file folder that so that when they went on the dollar shelf, then I would like go and try to get them. And I would save up my money and rent as many as possible. And then at that same store, they would uh, let you sign up to get the movie posters after they were taken off um, off the window. And so I would sign up and I would constantly in my room be like changing the movie posters that I had on my walls. I was just like obsessed with pop culture, obsessed with like the Rosie O'Donnell show. It was like my I would watch it religiously every single day after school. Like I I was just I couldn't get enough of like celebrity pop culture, all of it. Totally. Like what were some of your favorite TV shows growing up besides Rosie? I love like scripted or not, you know, whatever. Yeah, I mean, going all the way back to, uh, you know, super young, I loved cartoons, particularly on the Disney Channel. I was obsessed with Darkwing Duck, which I still it's like my favorite cartoon, which is it's like kind of like a Batman, but for kids. Never Um, heard of it. I remember being like obsessed with that and DuckTales and like all of the the duck stuff. Really? Um, And then. I love, uh, as I got older, I loved like friends and I even love on uh, watching on TV land or Nick at night watching like, I love Lucy. I was obsessed with Mary Tyler Moore. Um, like all the older stuff that at, at, 
the time was playing on Nick at Night for me. Interesting. Um, yeah, but I I would watch it all. I mean, I would consume as much as possible. I was just talking to a friend actually. Remember when they would do on Disney or on ABC on Sunday nights they would premiere like original movies like they did the Brandy and Whitney Houston Cinderella. Oh yeah. Um, they did Kirstie Alley play the Tooth Fairy in a movie and it was like I remember being just like enamored with that and on Sunday nights like that was the most exciting thing that was going on in my life or or on Friday nights TGIF and I would be so excited for like new episodes of Step by Step. I was just going to say Step by Listen, Patrick Duffy and Suzanne Somers, like uh, that was an absolute classic, a classic. I mean, and the two of the most beautiful people of all time, like gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. No, I mean, I, I was the same way. Like I was always obsessed more so with TV, I think, than movies. Like, well, TV and music. And still mm-hmm. to this day, I have no time to go to the movies. I have not been. I only watch movies on planes. I mean, not that there's anything wrong with movies, but like Breakfast yeah. Club was like one of my favorites back in the day. I'm really dating myself now in like yeah. movies. But like getting the movie posters, that was that's that's something. Oh, the most exciting thing. And it's weird. I had one of the posters I had on my wall, like for the longest time was Jennifer Love Hewitt. And I know what she did last summer. And I, I was like enamored with her and I got to interview her. She came on my podcast uh, a few months back and it was like, that was such a weird moment for me for someone who grew up in Ohio, like closeted, but being obsessed with pop culture and then having her in my kitchen to chat with, it was just a weird kind of surreal moment. And I think, uh, you know, you could relate just by being so obsessed with it as a kid and it feeling like a world away. That's how it felt to me was like all of these celebrities and people were literally a world away. And then uh, now to be able to sort of make a living talking about pop culture and chatting about pop culture. It's a weird, um, it's weird but right? wonderful thing. It's, yeah, it's I, I agree. It's weird. And then like, I don't know, at least for me, like, your vision, like you still, like I'm always going to be a fan. Well, you know what it is? It's like Reza Farhan says, I mean, he said this many times. He's like, even though I'm on Bravo and I'm Bravo Leverty, like don't make any mistake of it. Like I'm still a fan of Bravo. I feel like right. I'm the same way. Like when you know these people and so it's like, it's different, but like you'll, like for me, like I'll always be a fan, but not a fan. Like my vision kind of changes a little bit, but was, yeah. was Jennifer Love Hewitt like one of your favorites? Or your oh, favorite? Yeah. yeah, she was one. I mean, I was there were so many. I was I, know. I was truly obsessed with like Whoopi Goldberg's movies, which I think she, when I was sort of coming of age, I found it so fascinating that she was a leading lady. And I every movie that she came out with, I just was uh, enamored with. And I think being a closeted gay kid seeing someone who was uh, leading these movies that maybe looked different than normal or or was a little bit of an other. Um, I think I, that was one of the reasons that I was so fascinated by her. And then also just like people like Jim Carrey and Steve Martin, who on a comedic level, I loved. Um, and then uh, other comedians like um, uh, Bonnie Hunt was someone who I was obsessed I with. I saw you said she was one of your favorite interviews, right? Yeah, yeah, she was. She, I, I did I, some research it, on you this morning. Oh, thank you. You're um, welcome. Yeah, she was a Midwest gal too. And it was like, I just I love I still love her so, so much. And um, so people like that. And then I was also a rom-com fan. So I love Meg Ryan. I mean, the list can go on and on. But I'd say I remember at a very um, important time in my life, not important, but, you know, a very pivotal time in my life being um, obsessed with Whoopi Goldberg. 
And I still am. I watch The View every single day. But Really? Um, wow. I do. I love it. I oh, love wow. It. I haven't watched The View in forever. But, um, oh, my God. I know. It's like it's like sports for me. Like I watch it and I'm uh, so in love with like the table dynamics and like who's coming, who's going. Uh, I also think it's it's better than ever right now. And it's a show that's been on for so many years. Um, and for me, it's like relaxing to me to watch it before bed. I watch it on Hulu and people think it's crazy, but I feel the same. It's similar with housewives where it's like something about people arguing on TV, like calms me down. And I've tried to like, think about why the psychology of it. And I think like, I'm not a very dramatic person in my own life. Like I'm not confrontational. I'm not, I don't have much drama, but I feel like I get my fill of it on TV. And so it makes me feel like I get my fill when I watch The View or Housewives or whatever. Interesting. Interesting. So you came out like when when you moved to LA and you started living your life and you're like, okay. You know, I actually came out when I lived in Chicago. um, And then I moved to LA. And so LA was the first place where I like moved here by being out. And I was starting to get comfortable with my sexuality and date men and all that. And you just fell into the writing on the side. Like, I know you co-wrote this book, this super carb carb with Bob Harper. Like, how did this writing start? Yeah, you know, uh, I had been performing and it kind of wasn't working out. And then I had been let go of this theater that I was working at. And at the same time that this happened, I had some uh, personal stuff that was going on in my life. It sent me into this depression And then kind of as I was coming out of the depression, I started working out a lot. Um, And then at the same time, I was also making a a lot of memes on my social media. And so I got to know Bob just by going to the gym. Like we went to the gym together at the same time and we became friends. Um, And then at the same time, I was kind of uh, creating these memes and posting a lot of content online. And so he was getting ready to do his next book and they were looking for someone, I think, to be a little bit more comedic with his, his next book. And so, uh, you know, he mentioned it to me and then of course I hadn't written any books up until that point. So I then had to like write some sample stuff to convince the publisher and the agents and everything that I could do it. Um, and then ultimately I did that and it ended up being a different kind of project. I think than we had anticipated cause he had uh, a heart attack uh, shortly before the book yeah. was released. So it ended up being a, a different kind of project, but fortunately he's happy and healthy and, uh, we still were able to get the book done, but, um, yeah, so I kind of fell into it, but then I also had to like work really hard because, um, because I wasn't an author. I had written things and I, of course I went to journalism school, but, um, I hadn't written a book before and especially something like that is so dense and, um, research driven. And so I, when the opportunity presented itself, I really did my best to, to be able to, to work on that book. And then that led to a, a couple other projects and um i wrote a book with ariana and tom from vanderpump rules oh we're gonna get to that don't you worry (laughs) i mean well first of all i mean i'm just still back at like i mean this is just such an la gay thing like oh i i I just wrote this book with bob harper because we met at the gym so that's that (laughs) that's what i'm focusing on here and (laughs) i mean that's still great i couldn't write one sentence at this point in my life. I used to be smart and now I'm just like, I can't do anything. Um, It's hard, man. And I will tell you that project was just such a challenge because of all the circumstances. It was a challenge because it was my first book and 
it was again very research driven, a lot of information, and then, um, and then this horrific event happened where I was just very concerned about my friend, and then it was just a lot, a lot to handle. I felt like after I got through that project, I'm like I could literally do anything. Like, <laughs> and really, the question is, did you meet Bob Harper's ex? who is now on one of the classics of our time, Very Cavalieri. Oh, I did. I have met Justin before. Yes. Okay. Justin and Scoot. Yes. Well, you know, this yeah. is, I mean, do, do you watch Very Cavalieri? You don't Sadly, have to. Sadly, I do. No, it's the worst. David, I think it's the worst show that's ever been put on television. Really? But I've seen every episode. <laughs> I, I, I like get it. I mean, like, yeah. No, listen, I, I was a fan. Like, were you a fan of reality TV like the like the granddaddies, oh, yeah. like The Hills, The Simple Life with Paris and Nicole, like all of that stuff, right? Of course. Yeah, okay. I love Laguna Beach. I love The Hills. I actually think it's amazing. Cav- Kristen Cavallari's like performance on Laguna Beach, I think, was was pivotal and also so important for people of my generation because she is, the I think, the same age as me. So I remember like Laguna Beach aired, I think, my senior year of high school or, or something right around there. But I think she um, I, I don't know if she gets their credit for I remember that show. She was like dancing on a bar and like her boyfriend was like, keep dancing on the bar, slut. Do you remember that moment when? Yeah. Um, from Laguna Beach. And I thought it was very important for a young woman to be confident and not let a guy who was very much verbally abusing her at the time. Like, I I don't mean to like make it sound like it was some no, no more important than it is. But I do think it was very important for young women and young men at the time to see this woman who was like, I'm not going to let this guy ruin my night or or tell me I'm a whore or a slut or slut shame me for dancing on a bar or whatever. And so I, I thought that was a great thing. And I, I loved her on the Hills too. I mean, and I don't, I mean, very Cavalier is a hot mess. <laughs> it's a hot mess. I still, I don't know. You know, Kristen's really, really, really nice in real life. Like, I don't know if you've ever met her and she's, she's talk about someone who's gorgeous. She's drop dead gorgeous. Yeah. Gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. I don't love her views on vaccines, but that's a tale for another time. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I still, I I like that show for some reason. Now, let's get into, you know, let's just speed it up here now. Okay, so you're into all this pop culture. You're into, you know, the hills and all of this. Talk, I mean, I guess Bravo. Like, how did you fall in? I guess just Bravo is the next, the next thing. Like, how did you start in with your Bravo obsession? I remember being in love with Inside the Actors Studio and then uh, Kathy Griffin's My Life on the D-List, I think, was the first Bravo show that I really became obsessed with. And that was sort of the gateway drug, right? It was like then you would see commercials for Housewives. And so I started watching uh, New York Housewives when they came on. Um, And they were the first Housewives franchise that I really got obsessed with. Uh, And then I ended up going back and watching Orange County. And then when I think Atlanta was – was it after New York? I don't know, around the same time I got into Atlanta. And then it was like, there was no stopping me. I was watching every episode they would put out and give me. And are you like a Bravo? You know, like my friend says, like, Bravo is a religion. And, you know, some people dabble. Like, are you a purist? Like, you watch everything? Is it mostly like Housewives and Vanderpump? You know, I watch. No, no judgments here. Yeah, of course. No, I'd say I'm about 85% Bravo. Like, I watch... Everything except for I don't do I don't do Project Runway, which I know people love. Um, I don't do the um, the real estate shows, except oh. for I did watch Bethany and Frederick's reality show. Oh, the, the real, real estate. estate shows are so good. But I'm like, I love real estate. It's like real estate porn. Yeah. 
No, I and I've dabbled, but I've just it's not something that I like watch religiously or I could I could tell you I've seen every episode. But with when it comes to like Housewives, I've seen every episode. I'll, I've watched, you know, Gallery Girls. I've watched Princesses of Long Island. I've watched I, I'm watching Family Karma. Like I like all the Family Karma kind. is fucking great. I love it so far. It's so good. I know it's I mean, the premiere, I only saw the premiere, but I thought the premiere was great. And I'm excited to catch up. There's one more episode I I need to watch. And I thought it was fantastic. Fantastic. And I watched Gallery Girls. Very, did you watch New York City Prep? I did. I watched NYC Prep. That was it. a good one. Yeah, there were so many back then. I remember loving Workout with Jackie Warner. Loved. And she yeah. had like that spinoff, thin, like Thinspiration or whatever. Yeah, I would watch. Back then, I would watch any reality show they would give me. And then uh, now I'm a little bit more selective. And I think that I'm also a little bit weary, even with Family Karma. It's like, I'm scared that I'm going to love it. And then they're going to cancel it after one season, like Mexican dynasties. It's like, I don't want to get hooked and then have to give it up. So sometimes now I'll wait to binge it all in a season. I love what you I love what you said, because for me, Texacana's was horrible. But Mexican dynasties was fucking amazing. Did you love it? Yeah, I love Mexican dynasties. Loved it. And I it was cast so so well to me that it got canceled. Same here. And I thought it was really cast well. So like, so you were a fan of all of this Bravo stuff, like many people are. So how did this start becoming like a business slash full time job? Yeah. So around the time I was actually writing Bob's book, I, uh, I hadn't been performing and because of kind of the personal struggles I went through, I was like, I'm never getting on a stage again. Like I'm not, I refuse. And then a friend was telling me like, you should start a podcast. Like you can basically perform from your living room. You know, you don't have to get on a stage. And, um, and so I, I remember my boyfriend had like bought me a, a microphone for my computer and it took me like a whole year from when he gave me the, the microphone, um, for me to actually like record something with it. And then, and what um, year was this? Like this was kind of before the time of podcasts. This was a 2007 at the end of 2017 is okay. when I started the podcast. I'll admit it as important as it is for me to eat healthy and put the right nutrients into my body and hydrate. I'm really not great at it. I'm always on the go. I'm never making that a priority and I'm always hungry. This was a real problem until I discovered 310 Nutrition. I love 310 Nutrition's water hydrators. You just add them to water and they make your water taste so much better. They also have refreshing lemonade mixes. My personal favorite, they're all in one shakes. I love their caramel sundae, their vanilla cake, the shamrock cream. I drink one of these shakes and it totally satisfies my hunger. They're low in fat and low carbs, which I love. They also satisfy my carb craving. But don't take my word for it. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code VELVETROPE and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 off your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and it's easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code VELVETROPE right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code VELVETROPE. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
you're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. So not everyone in the world had one like today. Yeah, I mean there were still there were still quite a bit, and I I think in the Bravo space there there weren't a ton. Like Watch What Crappens was on, of course, and then Bitch Sesh. Um, but yeah, there wasn't a, a whole ton at the time, but there were some. And then so you just one day turned on the mic and said, "I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to start talking about Housewives and see how this goes." Yeah, you know, I I kind of I. My first couple interviews were like celebrity interviews, but they weren't Bravo focused. And then, um, I don't know, by episode three or four, it was just me and a microphone talking about what was happening on Bravo. Um, and so I, I still try to keep it like a little bit of a mix. I'd say it's like 80% Bravo content and then 20%, like you said, like you, um, uh, pop culture. So I do still try to do celebrity interviews or special episodes about different things that I'm obsessed with or, or throwing in um, different stories about what I'm reading or what I'm watching that's not Bravo and that kind of stuff. Um, so it's, yeah, probably 80%. But I do remember around episode three in 2017 being like, okay, I'm just going to talk about, I don't know, Dallas Housewives or whatever was on at the time. That makes sense. And then as you, and how'd you come up with the name? Everything Iconic. Oh, you know, it actually, I, I was on Instagram and, you know, Britney Spears' Instagram, um, she had posted, she always posts like very odd things. And I don't, maybe it wasn't her Instagram, maybe it was her Twitter, but she had posted a, an ear of corn. Like it was just like a Google image of an ear of corn, yeah. you know, like a corn on the cup. And I, I clicked on it and like every comment underneath it was like iconic, iconic, iconic. And it made me laugh. And I thought, okay, this is so funny. Cause it's just like, people will celebrate anything. Uh, if they love someone, they'll anything's right. iconic. Right. And I, I also like that it was a positive thing. It was, uh, to me, it's a great thing when people are such a fan of pop culture that they think something's iconic that isn't, of course, necessarily by definition iconic. Um, but it so it, it kind of was a tongue in cheek thing of like everything is iconic. And and so I want to talk about everything iconic. And I realized that some of the things that we're talking about, like Bravo or whatever, aren't uh, maybe what everyone considers iconic. But I think it's a great thing to celebrate the things we love. And and so that's where it came out of. And also, I mean, you know, people use words differently. I have to say I am one billion percent guilty. I overuse the word iconic. Yeah. Like immensely. I say everything is iconic. Carrie yeah. Duber is iconic. Leanne Locken is iconic. Everyone to me is iconic. And that's a great thing to me, like to celebrate the things that you love, it, particularly, I mean, we're talking about this dark time that we're living in right now. It, that's a great thing to be able to celebrate some silly, stupid pop culture thing that you love. Uh, it's positive. It's happy. It's good. I, you know, some people will hate on it. And I, I hear all the time, like, not everything is iconic, you know, and it's like, you know what? Who the fuck cares? Like, let's just enjoy something uh, and not 
take ourselves or it too seriously. Exactly. So when was the moment? So you started doing all this, but you know, like there's a lot of Bravo podcasts out there. Like when was the moment it kind of took off that you can remember? You know, it was a slow build. I think uh, I always tell people when people ask me about starting a podcast, like the most important thing to me or the thing that helped the most was going on other people's shows. So I remember like when I guested on Watch Our Crappens, which I mentioned, it's like the show then gets a, a big boost. If people like you on that show, they'll maybe go listen. Or when I did Bitch Sesh, I remember it was like then a lot of people came and tried out my show and some of them might have not liked it and maybe some of them did and stuck around. So I think that was um, that was uh, that helped. How'd you get and yourself then, on Bitch Sesh? That's major. I love Bitsesh. I mean, I just I love Casey so. and Daniel. I just love them as like Casey Wilson to me. Like I loved her since Happy Endings. Like she's everything. Me too. So she's the good. best. She she's is so, so How, funny. I don't know if you watch Black Monday, but it's fantastic. I watch. Is it? I I I need to like focus because I've watched part of it and I'm like, okay, this is good. And then I just got busy and like never really continued yeah. with it. But I I liked it what really, I saw. It it really picked up for me at the end of last season, and then the two. There's been two episodes of this season that have been aired, um, and they're so funny. Like, I think this season's just going to be, like, amazing. But, yeah, I love Casey, too, and they they just asked me to come on. I didn't go on with – Danielle had been out of town or something. So I've been on twice, and I haven't, um, I haven't been with Danielle. I've been with Casey, but uh, she's the best. She's really – so, yeah, she's totally funny, too. So it kind of took off. It became something big. And then, so that's amazing. I guess when then I read today, one of your first guests was my BFF, Margaret Josephs. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think she she was maybe my first housewife guest. I think she was, yeah. I could see that. Margaret is good like that. She was so sweet, and it was her first um, season on The Housewives, and my show was very new, and she was so kind to, like, call in and... Um, and then I also did, I did a live show at BravoCon and she was so kind to be one of the guests, her and Kelly Dodd. And, um, so oh, yes. she, I love her so much. Speaking of BravoCon, since you brought it up, that was one of my segues that I was going to eventually get to. Yeah. So, I mean, I was at BravoCon all three days. It was the Olympics. I didn't sleep. Oh yeah. were, were you there the whole time? I, I was. I, I know was you did there. that. And I know you did the Tom and Ariana Q&A. Is that all you did or did you do other things? Um, so I did, yeah, I, I did the two panels. I did an everything iconic show, live show there, and then I, saw I also was working for Directv, like interviewing people oh, for, wow. uh, for them. Um, so it was, I was like moving around every second, and I, David, I honestly have never been that ill in my life. Like I was so sick that weekend. Really? And it, turns, it turns out like I found out much later that it was my appendix, and I just I had to have my appendix removed like shortly thereafter. That um, I knew, but. At the time, it was like such it was such a busy weekend, and I had to go like literally nonstop. And you know, it, you have to keep your energy up so much. And I was like so feeling so sick the whole weekend, but I made it through, and it was still so much fun. It was just. Um, and then like, I also did I did like a little thing for Bravo's um, YouTube channel while oh, I was really? there too. Did you? Who were you most? I mean, I guess like you've met a lot of these people, as have I. Were you? Was there anyone there that you met for the first time that you were just like, uh, "This is like hashtag goals." Yeah, you know, I was excited about Ramona. I she's oh, my you favorite never housewife. Met her. Is she? Because I was going to ask you who who your favorite housewife is. It's yeah, she's it's, 
I'm not saying she's the nicest human being, um, but she's my favorite to watch. I talk about this all the time because, like, I mean, the thing I'm asked the most, I don't know what your number one question is. I'm asked all the time who your favorite housewife is. And yeah. I'm like, well, this is a, not such an easy answer. Like in real life, because I know a lot of these people, not all of them, or like on the show, I say it all the time. Like the singer Stinger and I have a very, very checkered past. However, oh no, I mean, like really, like I go on and tell you, st- I've done whole shows about Ramona. Like we have such a checkered past. I but I agree with you. Like as an actual housewife, like taking out her as a human being, she is everything that I want in a housewife she is so interesting to watch she is hilarious i totally agree i mean she's not my favorite but i i understand why she would be your famous Uh, why why who's your your favorite favorite? well the thing is i watch i think as a housewife like i'm so biased because i was a huge 90210 and melrose place fan Mm. so to me it's like rinna is not a housewife she is taylor mcbride Right. Driving away with the baby in the car, leaving Michael Mancini on a show with Heather fucking Locklear and all of these wonderful people. So to me, it's like it, Rinna is in this different yeah. category to me. Right. And then yeah, like, I love, I love right? Rinna too. She's great. And you know what it is? It's like I have the New York girls. You have the L.A. girls. So it's like I don't I mean, I've met a lot of the Beverly Hills housewives, but like they're not like down the street. Like here, like I go into like have a bunch of like a drink and there's Ramona three seats down. Like it really is what you think it is in New York if you go to certain places. So it's like I don't know that it's almost like I'd have to choose one from each franchise. It's really hard to choose one overall. I know it's hard. I love all the New York women. I think they're all flawless. But Ramona's my favorite to watch, and she ended up being very nice to me at BravoCon too. But um, I was expecting like the worst, but she ended up being so kind. Yes, which is not maybe everyone's experience with her. I've had, I've had, just like I said, like I've had. I was at a dinner with her. I mean, in Florida, there was an appearance. It was her, Kelly Dodd, and Dolores. I went with Dolores, like as her plus one. Then there was a dinner after. And so the thing is, like, you know that video over the summer that w- when came out of, like, Ramona was at a party in the Hamptons and she pushed Giselle out of the p- thing, out of the video. Oh, yeah, yeah. I took that video. Oh, my God. Now, I didn't mean to take that video. I was just videoing the world because I was at that party in the Hamptons. And then after I took it, I was like, what? And I literally didn't call the media. I wasn't like, here's my chance for press. I just posted it in my own world. On Instagram, and then, yes, it went viral all over. So at this dinner, somehow I thought it was a good idea to explain to Ramona, even though I've met her 800 times, because you know that that's her thing. She acts like she's never met someone before, over and over and over. But she knew she met me, but I never really, I don't know why, I think I was nervous. And I have complete Stockholm syndrome when it comes to Ramona. I've talked about this. Like, the ruder she is to me, like, listen, if you're rude to me, I will tell you to go fuck yourself. Not when it comes to Ramona. There's something about her. The more she is Ramona to me, the more that I want to be kicked. This is just how my life works. So I just, I decided to tell her about this video. And I don't know, (sighs) it, it didn't go over too well. 
Oh my God. Yeah. And then she started justifying herself. Like I, I, I didn't push this all out and like did it. And then I just had to like fall on the sword and be like, even if you hate me, I mean, I literally was sitting next to her at this dinner. Like, even if you hate me right now, I am going to just sit here and I have so much love for you. And I am just going to think about you this whole dinner. And then she broke down. She had a sip of her vodka. And so like, oh just, yeah, it, 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 that's great. Right. I love it. I and love my, it. Good friend Dolores, who's like my actual real friend and family, I acted like she was like not even at the table. I think I said two words to her. I was like, I don't want to speak to anyone at this dinner table other than Ramona. I said like oh my God. one word to Dolores, three words to Kelly, a hello to Rick. And I was like, I only have goggles right now for Ramona. You see what an awful person I am? No, I get it. I get you, it. Ramona's like a, a, a weird Bravo deity, but also like you know the devil (laughs) yeah 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 i love watching her do you have a favorite franchise new york for sure really they're my favorite i i I mean it's it's mine too i just love how you're all about the new york scene i think they're the funniest housewives I, i mean i also love atlanta i love potomac right now i mean i love all of them for different reasons but um, New York just makes me laugh the most and I will I'm fine with New York even if they're not giving me drama like I still love it just watching those women be that's what I say I think it is literally and I told this to Ramona it's like we we totally broke the fourth wall at this dinner I mean I think it is and I've talked to Sonia about this too in real life I think it is the best comedy on TV that's yeah, the difference it's a fucking com- I mean Luann falling in that bush is one of the best moments in housewife history to me like it's just totally. it's so funny. And you I know, also think those women are genuinely themselves. Like I don't think they're putting on a show for us. Like some of the other housewives can oftentimes feel like they're playing the role of what they think a housewife should be. Yeah. And I think New York just is doing their thing and it it's funny. And even if there's not a whole ton happening, which there always is, but even if there's in the episodes where there's not, they're still funny. I think that's the thing. And like, you know, the difference between New York and other franchises, I don't know about Beverly Hills, but like I know for a fact, other franchises like New Jersey, Dallas, like, you know, they'll go to these women and say, like, okay, like, what is your storyline going to be next season? Like, we're making Mm -hmm. our decision. Are you coming back? Like, you tell us what they don't do that in New York, like in New York. And I also think it's because these girls drink like fish. I mean, which is a (laughs) New York thing, you know, like the Jersey girls don't really drink. I mean, so it's like, I think the fact that they all drink so much, it's like more happens in one night of these women going out than like weeks and months in some of the other franchises. That's, that's what I think. Like just in real life, which I mean, is, is just, that's the difference between living in a city and not living in a city, I think. Yeah. They also seem to have a more authentic connection than a lot of the other housewives with each other. That's. That's true, too. So, okay, so BravoCon. So, I mean, did you get any time at BravoCon to, like, fangirl out or, like, walk around or you were just kind of working sick, ready to? You know, I I got – the most exciting part for me was uh, before the panels, being backstage, it was seeing just all these random people interact. Like, I saw, you know, Chef Ben from Below Deck talking to, like, Shannon Bedore with – with Raquel and James from Vanderpump Rules, like they were all just t- chatting with each other, saying hello or like passing by each other. So that was really exciting to just watch and be kind of in the middle of. And then also after I finished like my live show there, I was like leaving to go to the 
like watch what happens live red carpet and the married to medicine cast was like getting ready to go on the stage I was just on. And so I got to meet like the whole cast of married to medicine all at once. And I love that show. And that was just so exciting. I have a picture with like all of the married to medicine women, except for quad was like in the restroom or something. So, but everyone else, anytime you could get a full cast picture, that is the way to go. Yeah, I was, and I just, I love that show. So I was very excited about that. What do you love about that show? I mean, I like it too. A lot of people don't, you know, it's, it's weird because like there wasn't, when Quad and, um, I forgot who else, but Quad came to do press with one of the other doctors and during the, like during this Q and A that I went to, she was like, you know, like, look at the numbers, like we're more highly rated than like most of the housewives. Like it's just, isn't it strange how like certain shows just don't have as much buzz, but yet the numbers are there. So what do you yeah, love the numbers about are, it? The numbers are high. I think Married to Medicine literally delivers every season. Like I enjoy it every single season. It's good. But I, I tell people too all the time, people ask me um, what to watch. And I always say watch Married to Medicine. And then oftentimes I hear back from people being like, I couldn't get into it. And I'm like, how? Like, I don't understand. It doesn't make sense to me. because Or people will say, I watched the or where should I start from? And I'm like, start from season one. Like I think marriage to medicine is good right from the beginning. Not all shows are. And so I don't, I don't get it. People, when people tell me they kind of get into it, I'm like, I don't understand why. Do you watch Shaw's? I watch Shaw's. I'm getting a little bit over Shaw's. Really? See, I, I, this season to me, see, I love, not that I need people's lives to fall apart. Like that's not, I'm not wishing harm on anyone. I just love it. Like, I love the bigger, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, archaeological study, like, anthropological mm. study of, like, when lives change so much from being on TV. And, like, this whole Reza MJ thing to me is, like, this is crazy. This is, like, a 40-year yeah. friendship. So, like, when something, like, major like that happens in life, that to me kind of like Kyle and like Lisa. I mean, it wasn't 40 years, but like when it's something really major that is probably never going to be repaired, to me, that is so fascinating, whether it's good or bad. I just think of like, this is a product of reality TV. It's like, this is, I could talk about this for hours. Like, would this have yeah. happened if you weren't on TV? I don't think so, but that's just me. My my only issue with shot, like I think the drama is very compelling and I think that episode where Reza said to MJ about um, her uh, abortions, I thought that was like a, a step too. That was just way too far. I thought like, I it bugged me that he said that to her. I mean, I know I'm not saying she's an angel or anything, but I just thought, right. oh my god, like it was so dark to me. And then the other issue is, that I feel like with Shaz, we've been with these same people for so long, and it sort of feels like every season we have like different people hating each other and then they get then they they're friends again and they do like just such despicable or say such despicable things to each other and then the next season it's like they turn on somebody else and it just i don't know if it's feeling a little like repetitive to me or or i don't know what it is but or maybe it is like i'm I'm, it's feeling like the it's getting a little too um you mean like a little i don't know I don't know. And, you know, they're I don't know if you've been on any of their socials, but they're doubling down like they're Mm -hmm. not backing away. Like Mercedes posted this huge thing the other day about like, you know, in tonight's episode, you're going to see them. I'm just I pulled it up. The morally reprehensible behavior by an abhorrent, repugnant, 
gaslighting Reza. Like they're they're doubling and then Reza responded to that. So it's not like, oh my God, I can't believe this happened. It's like they're doubling. Yeah, down. I know. I, and it's, I, I'm not going to stop watching. I just, I don't know. I also sort of wish they had um, a presence. Like I, I liked Asa because she was a little bit more of a peacemaker and kind of like a, a more fun and happy presence on the show. And she always had things going on that weren't necessarily like, so like, like getting in such humongous fights and awful fights with their best friends. So I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I just need, I don't know what it is. You need something. It's just lately you know who I, I'm I've been a little with? bit overshots, but I'll keep watching. Do you know who I'm obsessed with in real life for a lot of reasons? I mean, I've never met her, but Lily Galici, ob fucking oh, yeah. obsessed. Obsessed. Yeah, I, I like miss, I want someone who's just like a fun destiny. Destiny was sort of that for me before, but I don't know. But she's I don't lost know. it. Um, now, how did you get involved? Cause let's go. Cause I've also went to about four Tom and Ariana. So here's the thing about me. When something comes around, I like to do it multiple times, especially if there's okay. a photo op. So like when bit sesh comes to New York last time, they have a 5 PM show and then an 8 PM show. Like, you don't think I just am going to go to one of those. I'm going to go to the 5 p.m. show, gather my thoughts, and then go to someone with someone else to the 8 p.m. show. So I went to I all – so just – if you're getting any residuals or royalties from Fancy AF, just note that I purchased four different copies of the book. Oh, my God. I would thank you for that. You're, you're welcome. We're, we're talking Long Island, New Jersey, um, New York, and I think Chicago. So I have four copies. And I, yes, I went to four different book signings. And yes, I needed four different outfits and four different pictures with Tom and Ariana. So how did this all come about? Amazing. Well, Ariana had actually come on my show um, at the end of, at the end, or beginning of 2018. She had come on my show. And I had asked her what's going on with the cocktail book because they had, of course, talked about it in Vanderpump Rules. And she said, you know, the project's dead. They couldn't, she couldn't figure out a, um, an angle and all of that. It just had died. And I said, well, I think you should do it. And so I, I ended up taking the proposal, a proposal that we had worked on together, um, to my book agent. And then we were, ended up selling, uh, the book to hot Mifflin. Um, and it was a, such a great experience. They were just so lovely. Ariana is so smart and funny and so amazing nice. and kind. Um, and Tom is so creative and, and also kind, like I can't, I can't say enough good things about them. Love them. It's a great book. It's a really good book. Thank you. And I'm glad I can give you some royalties. Oh, oh my God, I love you for that. Truly. Thank and if you. there's a follow-up, yeah, it's been, book. it's and it's been so it's been so successful and so exciting to see on people tag us on social media when they're making the cocktails, and it's it's just so fun. It's it's been a great experience, and um, I've I've loved it. It's been exciting. And speaking of Vanderpump Rules, since we're on that topic, now, I didn't even know this. This is just in my two seconds of like doing my two seconds of read. This is a very loose show here. I do like three yeah, minutes yeah, of research. It. Now, my queen of Vanderpump Rules, I love them all, but my queen is the one and only KD Miss Dote, Miss Kristen Doty. Believe it or not, oh, yeah. that's my queen. Yeah. Now, what is this whole thing I read that like she weren't putting her down, but she thought you were? I found this very interesting. Oh you know my gosh! Well, I tried. There to was some the article. I didn't even know there was an article about that. Ow. I need to see. But I had tried to get her on my show uh, for so long because I also love her. I think she like 
is giving us what we want from that show and she continues to deliver on that show. And so I've always wanted to talk to her. And I, there was sort of this like underground, not underground movement where we were, it was like hashtag Kristen is iconic. And so people were tweeting at her to come on my show. And I think she thought that it was like making fun of her or like, but truly, mm. it was like celebrating her. I so could she see did that. Fi- she did fi- finally come on my show a couple weeks ago. And I think she saw that it was like, it, I only wanted to talk about her because I, I loved, I love what she gives us on the show. Love. And she was I, lovely. I just was in, because, you know, I travel all around for this stuff. I was just in Detroit, Michigan to see her and Rachel O'Brien do their live show. Oh, how was that? Amazing. I'm going to be doing a review on the show here. Amazing. Rachel and like both just like the nicest people. I mean, this is the thing about going to all these small towns when you want to, you know, get close to whoever and hang out. Like, it's just so much easier. Like Kristen just walks in. She stands. I'm like, this would never happen in New York City for a lot of reasons. Like, A, you'd be mobbed right now. You know, people are just standing there looking at her. I'm like, no one wants to say hi. No one wants a picture. Like people, well, you're from Ohio, you know. I mean, yeah. The middle of the country, they're just nice, nice people. I'm like, if this were New York, Kristen would be up against the wall. Security would be with her. Nobody would be this close. People would be like asking for everything in the world. But so it was really good. It was really good. You know, first of all, Rachel O'Brien is like funny as hell, I I think. And uh, Kristen's, I don't know. I mean, I've told Kristen this before. To me, she is like... If you are single, look at she's the only original one who's really out there single. I said like she's like, oh, I never thought of it that way. I'm like, you're representing the single folks. Like you're buying your house by yourself. Like I just think it's it's really funny. Yeah, I'm, like, she's great on TV her. too. She just gives us the best TV. Amazing. Um, who is there? Anyone like it doesn't have to be a Bravo person. You know, now that you have this notoriety and you know your career is taken off, is there anyone who's your most famous friend? Not you know acquaintance, Jennifer Love. You love she comes on your show, but like who would we be shocked to find out? Like this is one of your really good friends. Oh God, I don't know if I have a good answer for that. Um, like, there's no, you know, I mean, like, I guess you're kind of friendly. I think of you as like friendly with everyone, really, especially yeah, on I, Bravo, especially yeah. like Vanderpump. I don't know. I, I put you in the Vanderpump box. Yeah, I know. I mean, obviously, because I worked with Ariana and Tom, they're great. Um, I also am friend. I, I would consider. We talked about Bonnie Hunt earlier. She's a friend, and um, she is uh, to me what I, I know she's maybe not as like uh, notorious as she no um, as i think of her but uh, no, she no no listen is, we i i talk um, about like how much i love shannon don't like i, I talk on the show sometimes yeah. and i literally give like a footnote of like millennials please just go get a cup of coffee or a vodka right now because you're not going to understand anything i'm about to talk about yeah right so like yeah. bonnie hunt's major yeah, she's she's great, and we we tried to work. Or we might we tried to work together on something. Um, so yeah, I'd say maybe I don't know. And then also, it's weird on Instagram. Like, I'm not saying these are people that I would like be able to call up on on the cell phone or whatever, but there are some times where I'll DM with someone on Instagram because a lot of celebrities follow me on there. Yeah, and so that I don't know. That's always so exciting for me. Like. Sometimes I'll I've DM'd with Nancy Myers, who's like a director who I worship. Oh yeah, Drew Barrymore. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, Jimmy Fallon's wife. 
Oh Isn't gosh. that Nancy Myers? No, Nancy. My- no, 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 no. Wow. Nancy Myers is. Well, I'm she, confused. She wrote and directed. It's complicated, and something's got to give. Oh. And some of my favorite rom coms. Um, oh, you know what? I'm thinking of like Nancy Joven or something. There's Drew Barrymore's okay. like part producing partner who's Nancy something. I think it's yeah. Okay, you're right. I'm an idiot. Yeah, that's me. Oh, you know, listen, social media has changed everything, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm the same way, like, I, because I, when I want to talk to you, I'll just, like, DM you. Now, I don't expect most people to get back, like, Julia Roberts is not going to respond, but isn't it always shocking when someone does respond? It's always shocking to me. Yeah, it is. It's exciting. I mean, there's certain people I get very excited, or if I see they, like, follow me or something, I'm like, I, like, I don't know. I get excited. No, I mean, listen, it takes one to know, and I totally get it. It's almost like what... Like, what is it about me that made you actually follow or respond? I'm like, this is amazing. Yeah. I totally get it. Um, What else did I want to ask you? Oh, I mean, these are like silly questions. But who to you is the hottest guy on Bravo, past or present? Because I have my oh, you, answer. I'm very into Luke from Summer House right now. He's I love a, his like Minnesota vibe. And I think he's gorgeous. He's so a good he's, one. Yeah, he's like kind of the current um, one that I'm really into. And yeah, I saw it. Didn't you just have Hannah on your show? I did. Yes. And I actually love, like, it was funny. He, that's my girl. Had, he had called her during the interview. So we, we like, I was like, you have to pick it up. And so I chatted with him for a second. I'm like, you're hot, Luke. <laughs> that's so funny. So Luke yeah. is right. For me, it's, all day, every day, Steve Gold, and there will never be yeah, somebody. Yeah, I mean, he's beautiful. He's beautiful. He's so hot. He's so fucking uh, hot. I also want to say, like, I met Craig from Southern Charm at BravoCon, and I always thought Craigie was gorgeous on TV, but seeing him in person, I was, like, blown away. He's very tall, which yes, I did not expect. very tall. And I thought I was so I, – I, he's, he's so handsome. So handsome. You think – I'm trying to think. Do I think Craig – or Austin is cuter. I don't oh, know. I do not like Austin. Really? I do not. I do not. When, remember when he was like screwing those two girls and Madison came in? He's like, Madison, Madison. I hate Austin. Really? Yeah, I do not. I like don't him. like Shep. I mean, I don't not like oh, him, but too. I don't understand the attraction at all. Oh, no, I think that was Bravo's biggest mistake was giving him a dating show. Like, what the fuck was going on there? I forgot about that show. Ugh, One the day there needs to Bravo. be there needs to be like a full podcast two parter for all of these like man's owed with children and like Porsche's having a baby and all of that. There needs to be given some credence to all these. It's really weird about the spinoff shows. Like, I guess Don't Be Tardy is probably the most successful. Maybe like even the Frederick sure. and Bethany didn't do well. No, I mean uh, technically Vanderpump Rules is a spinoff, but you're right. It's True. like a lot of them just come and go. Don't be tardy to me is I'm shocked that it's still on like I because I don't know anyone who watches it. And so when I find out it's like coming back, I'm like, what? Like I've no one ever talks about it, no. you know, but people, I guess, watch it. What do you feel about? You know, I have to admit I get behind. So I'm a little behind. I met Dana because Dana and James were in town together doing press what do you feel about this new regime of vanderpump with the new kids is it too much because a lot of people are saying they feel it's there's too much and too many characters now yeah i think it's a big hot mess like i don't know i don't understand like the production of it i think they miscalculated 
adding in so many new people and yeah. it feels like the new people are on a different show. And I, I understand why they did it, but I had I wish they would have split the show into two and then followed like the OGs and then also the new people. And now I quite frankly think it's too late. Like I follow the ratings of these shows yeah. and, like into it. And the ratings are going down, and so now I don't know how they could do two separate shows because I, I just don't right. see it, it working um, ratings-wise. And so I agree with that. I mean, I I said the same thing. Like, if it was two, first of all, like Hello Bravo, you could have a new show. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. That's what they should have done. They should have done. I mean, listen, I'm thrilled that they're showing like this was my problem with keeping up with the Kardashians in the beginning. I was always like, how is it that you're still showing this so like i loved it when they started showing like kim kardashian cannot walk down the street without getting mobbed like thank you thank you for showing this because this is how it is so i love that they're showing like everyone has money now and everyone's buying a damn house but i i agree i think there should have been two shows but i didn't realize the ratings were slipping but that doesn't make sense because it's it it, this season is off it really is off It's off. It's weirdly produced. I think also, speaking of the OGs, I don't know that they had a ton of drama going on. And I think Jackson and Brittany's wedding is taking up way too much real estate on the show. And that's messy to me. There, There's like so many events that I think in other seasons they would have cut because we're getting these scenes where it's like they're doing events like the, I don't know, the one, they had a onesie um, party before the wedding last week. Right. And it's like stuff where no, nothing's happening and they're keeping in the show. And I think in other seasons when there was more stuff going on and dynamics, they wouldn't have kept it. And, and then it's like, so we then cut to these new people who feel like they're on a totally different show. Cause they have no connections to the current cast. It's just very weirdly produced to me. Totally. Now, and feels inauthentic. Like it just doesn't feel as authentic as it once did. And no one is really. And like to me, it's like if you're going to show everything, then you should be showing Stasi selling a trillion books and going <laughs> on like a, the podcast tour and the fact that Stasi is like larger than life. Like I don't think we're going to go there just yet and like break the fourth wall that much. I, I don't see that happening. You I know, don't either, but I wish they would. That would be great. But I, I agree. Yeah. I think it should have been two separate shows and now it's too late. Um, Back to you for a second before we wrap up. Just a few more minutes. Now, do you have, uh, like, who is your dream guest? Like, and who is the best interview you've ever done? I think in, in, in you've said Bonnie Hunt, I think. Yeah, she was great. Uh, I also interviewed, there's a woman um, named Beverly D'Angelo. I don't oh, know if yes. you've ever seen the, vac- vacation. You know, the vacation. Oh, movies. yeah. She, yeah, she plays Ellen Griswold. And she was also a wonderful interview for me because I kind of went in with not not low expectations, but not really expecting much. I thought we'd talk about the vacation movies and that would be fun. And she was also very exciting to me because those were the movies that like my family watched and were obsessed with growing oh, up. I... Um, so I went into that just kind of thinking we'd talk about that. And then we ended up having like a real wonderful conversation about mental health and and all sorts of and, – and growing up in Hollywood, like the things she went through as a young sort of starlet. Um, so she was great. Um, 
That's yeah. good. No, I totally know who she is. And do you stand by the fact that one of your worst interviews is Alison Hannigan from How You Met Your Mother? Or oh just... Yeah, and I she see was Danny. Nice. She I, was really... I like researched you this morning. Oh my god, I love you. Um, she, I think she just didn't maybe necessarily know what she was getting into and it's like i ask a lot of silly questions about like past projects and everything like that totally. she was she was really nice and it it wasn't like i don't it wasn't a bad interview it just like i i don't know that we really like clicked but i got you know she ended up saying some great stuff and it was it just wasn't we just didn't click i think and who is your dream interview like if you could interview anyone you know, I would love to. I'd love to interview Whoopi Goldberg. I'd love to interview a Meg Ryan. Would be a dream for me. Jessica Simpson, Mariah Carey. Um, Those are good. Mariah Carey's like my number one human really? being, like that I worship. Um, Do you know Christopher so love, Buckle, her makeup artist? I don't know. Him. Wow. I mean, I know who he is, but I don't know him. I mean, not that that could get you to Mariah. I I know him well, but I think I'm not a Mariah fan, and that's probably why we're friendly. Just because I. To me, it's yeah. now. I mean, like, I'll get you all those people if you can get me Cher and Madonna. Those are my two. Uh, so you oh find God. them Sh- for me. <laughs> I would love to. Cher would be, uh, I would die. Cher is one of my favorites of all time at human beings ever. Like, I worship her. Literally. So I've met her four times. Now, I did a paid meet and greet in Vegas, so there's nothing special about me. Anyone else could do the same thing. But, like, you know, like, the more people you meet in the public eye you're like okay whatever you know i mean it's great i'm still a fangirl but yes like when i like the third time in i'm like i basically i'm like crying and i'm like i i know i've met you before but i i I can't like the concept of this it's kind of like what you said about jennifer love like you almost are like how am i standing Mm -hmm. next to share and i know it's only 45 seconds to a minute and a half but i like she's everything that you would want her to be and then two yeah. final quick things. Those are all very good answers. I just want to talk about, because I know you've been open about this in the past, like, you know, like your struggle with like anxiety and mental health. Like, did you make a conscious decision to speak about that at any point? Because I mean, I know you have. Yeah. you know, I try to talk about it as much as possible. I'm sure some people like roll their eyes and get frustrated when I bring it up on my show or, or when I'm on other shows. But I think... It's it's very it's very much helped me because I went through a particularly hard struggle a few years back where I couldn't get out of bed and it, I was in a, a very deep, dark depression. And so I try to talk about it and I noticed like when I started talking about it on my show, I would hear from other people who had similar experiences th- that I did and that helped me and then they would tell me that it helped them. So I think it, it kind of helps all of us when we talk about it and I had – um, there were certain things that happened, particularly at that time, that I thought were so unique to me. I mean, I was having hallucinations, and there were things that were happening that I was so embarrassed of and also so ashamed to talk about. And then when I did share those things, I would hear that, again, people had similar experiences. And I was like, oh, man, like I'm not – I wasn't the only one who has gone through that. Yeah, totally. Do you get a lot of DMs where people are like, thank you for sharing your story or people that want to oh, talk yeah. about mental health? Oh, yeah. Like it's been – the best part of this whole thing is just hearing from other people. And, and I feel honored that people are willing to share their story. And again, I'm not like an expert. I always tell people like, you know, talk to a professional if you can, but I think hearing from other people and all of us kind of being able to connect with our struggles is just so important. And also not being afraid to share your stories about what you've gone through, I think just helps so many other people. 
Totally. Like there's no shame in it. And I just think, you know, like I really respect that aspect of you and the fact that like you're so honest about it. And, you know, like, listen, like kind of relating it back to the housewives, you know, like you said, like I feel when someone is trying too hard or not authentic, like that to Mm -hmm. me is the biggest turnoff with really anything in reality TV. But somehow, especially with the housewives, I feel it's more obvious because we have so many franchise and so many women that you can tell right away. So, you know, like, I just think I, you know, whatever someone's struggles are, like, just be honest about it. So I think that is really a great thing that you were doing and being so honest and sharing all of this. Oh, well, thank you. And I encourage everyone if they're listening and they're going through something, just try your best to talk about it because it will make you feel better. If you can talk to a professional, but um, even just talking to a friend about something that maybe is going on internally that you are have been afraid to tell someone or or say out loud, I think you'll find that once you do, it'll help you. And then you'll be more comfortable talking to someone who maybe would be a professional that could help you get through that stuff. I think so too. And then here are fu- two final questions. One fun question and then one not not as fun. Um, well, not as fun, just but more not serious. As fun. Well, like a little more serious. Is I'm there... not looking forward to that one. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's, there's nothing wrong with it. Is there, without overthinking it, what one, two, three housewives do you want back? Like someone said right now, bring back the following three people. Who do you um, want back? Uh, Bethany, Caroline Manzo. Who? Um, I knew you were going to say Caroline. Everyone says I mean, Caroline and Jill. Bethany's a good one, though. Yeah, Bethany. I, I think I would, yeah, I would take Jill back. You know who I yeah. want? Bethany. I want Jesus jugs, especially now that she has a oh, different yeah. life. I was just thinking of her Alexis, oh, too. She's one that I fucking hated her. Hated for so many seasons. And then she was like a Kim Richards to me. Like, then in the end, I'm like, I actually get you as like this comedic humor. And I fucking love you. So I'm obsessed with Jesus jugs. Yeah. And I think Aviva. I think Aviva was gone. That's a very unpopular answer. But I think Aviva was gone before her time with that leg throw. Interesting. And I also you know, know I, her, so I think she's Orange, really nice. Speaking of Orange County, I yeah. think actually I would like Debro back. And Heather Debro was someone who I hated watching on the show. But then I, after she left, I was like, oh, maybe the show needs her. So that's kind of where I She's planned. a good one. She's a good one. And Terry is a teddy bear in real life. And what do I know? But the rumor is Heather was a pain in the fucking ass to production. I heard that. Yeah. I heard like that. That's too. just, which, you know what? I could see that. I could see yeah. that. And here is my final question. How? Wait, real quick. Let me yes. just also say, you can I say anything you want. No, no, no. You um, can say anything you want. I also miss Kim Zolciak, but the old Kim Zolciak. Right. Like I, I miss the dynamic she used to have with like Nini um, when they were friendly. I like not. She tried to come back a couple seasons back, and it was a big hot mess. But I think the old Kim which I'm not sure exists anymore, but I, I would like to see her that one back. Anyway, really? Okay, see, I No, no, no. I never, as a person in real life and as a, I never got into Kim. Never. I get it. I don't yeah. know why. I never got into her. But I have to say, while you're on it, I am thrilled to the, I can't even talk about it, how thrilled I am that Miss Kenya Moore is back. Me too. Me too. Kenya is, this season to me of Atlanta is the best fucking cast in a really long time. It's like, I don't know really how great Eva is. I don't know to me what she brings, but short of her, we have 
an A-list, like, right, there's no fluff. And I also would like Kim Richards back while we're on the subject. Yeah, me too. But, I mean, I, I, I'm happy with Kim in just doses. Yeah, yeah. But I love doses. her. I love her. Well, she's writing her memoir, so when she does her book tour, feel free to join me on it. Oh, and coming up in April, this you should pop down, say hello to me, is if it's not canceled. Kim, if I can travel. If you can travel and if I can travel because I'm coming 3,000 miles, it's close to you, Kim and Brandy are doing a stand-up right. show. Right. You know, I just – I was on Brandy's show last week and I interviewed her oh, on I my know. show. And she was – Hello? Hey, it's David. Hey, David. I'm so sorry. My power just went out. It it's, came back on, but then it went back out again. Uh, it's like, sorry to everyone listening. Listen, we – with this coronavirus, we're in, we're in just in an ever-changing world here. But we will wrap it up very quickly. Anyway, so yes, if you can come to that. So wait, you were saying Brandy was on your show? Right, right. So yes, she was on, on my show. And she was after we recorded, she was telling me a little bit about the live show she's doing with Kim. And I think it sounds very exciting. See, so I'm going to get on a plane if I'm allowed, which I'm starting to think I'm not going to be allowed because it's at the end of April. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know if they'll be doing the show. I know. I, they might have to reschedule. I know. If they do it, though, you need to come. And then here is my last question. Um, how would you like to be remembered? Uh, I would like, that's such a good, um, a deep, wonderful question. You said it was a not fun question. <laughs> I mean, it's like a more serious question. Yeah. I would just like to be someone uh, remembered as someone who was positive and who made people smile and, and forget about whatever was hard going on in their lives for a little, a little moment or two. Um, and then also someone who was uh, honest and open about mental health and, and who maybe made people feel more comfortable about opening up about their own uh, mental health. That's, that makes a lot of sense. So yeah. sorry for all the technical issues at the end, everybody. You're, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're... And I apologize to your listeners. My power literally shut out in the middle of us, of me saying something. And I'm so sorry. It's just, everything is crazy right now. I'm it's, literally, there's like, I don't know if you can hear there's ambulances outside. I'm like freaking out a little bit. It's all New York is just the same. It's literally, it's, it's, it's just crazy. So I agree with you. If this could have taken people's mind off things for an hour, then I mean, I feel like I did my job here today. I mean, also it took my mind off because I got to speak to you. Listen, like when I grow up, my goal is to be you. You know what I mean? So like oh you are God, the gold so standard. Well, I mean, you have, I think, you know, in my opinion, the most, one of the most successful Bravo podcasts out there. You and Bitsesh are, I think, the gold standard. So. Well, thank you, David. And thank you so much for chatting. And this really was, I mean, it was so wonderful to just be able to talk about Bravo for an hour. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anytime. And, you know, let's be in touch. I really appreciate it. Everyone check out Everything Iconic by Danny Pellegrino, the king of Bravo podcasts, and definitely keep in touch. And buy fancy AF cocktails on Amazon. Yes, I have four copies. While you're quarantined, you can make some cocktails at home. It's a great book. It's gorgeous. And listen, I still check the website. So it's like they just had something in San Diego. If Tom and Ariana, once travel is back up, do more of these. I'm not so sure I'm stopping at four copies. It's a great book, yeah. you guys. You, you really should buy it. Thank you. We're really proud of it. We think it, I, I think it's turned out great. And hopefully we'll be doing some more events 
um, when we're able to. Please do, because I'm ready to go to all of them, as long as they're not in California. Yeah. And David, you have to come to an Everything Iconic Live show. So I have to reschedule some of my dates, but um, as soon as I have those, you'll have to stop by. I saw. I've been checking your thing. So yeah, as soon as those are rescheduled, I'm going to pick one that's semi-close to New York and come. I mean, I was in Detroit for Kristen and Rachel. So listen, there's no... I like flew to Texas once for literally five hours for a Vanderpump Rosé signing. So... You know what? You're doing the people's work. Kind of. So trust me, I'm coming to your live show. Your live show, I heard, is great. So everything iconic, keep checking. Oh, and where where can we find you online? Yeah, I'm just uh, at Danny Pellegrino on Instagram and Twitter. And then everythingiconic.com has all the links to the show and all that. Amazing. All right. I'm going to be checking your live shows. I can't wait to come. And thank you again. This has been wonderful. Your podcast is everything. And I will speak to you you. soon. And and so sorry to the listeners about we're ending on a bad tech note, but we love you and thanks for understanding. Amazing. All right. And be safe with Corona. Thanks, David. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review. Because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones. And the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you, guys. See you soon.